0: Awards Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka.
1: On a July night in Iowa, Molly Tibbets went for a run. She never came back. That was two years ago this week, July 18th, 2018. The University of Iowa student was on summer break, back in her hometown of Brooklyn, Iowa. It was about a month later that her body was found in a cornfield right there on her running route. That same day, we learned police had arrested Christian Rivera after they say he led investigators to her body there in the field. Police said the case was solved with the help of video on area security cameras with recordings showing Tibbets running by, and then a black Chevy Malibu, repeatedly passing through that area. Investigators trace that car to Rivera, and when they questioned him, they say he admitted he followed Molly in his car, parked, and then ran after her. At some point, he says she grabbed her phone and threatened to call police, and he got angry. Police telling us he blocked out his memory of what happened next, but we know that Molly never came home that night. Rivera's trial is set for January. Molly's disappearance, the small town swell of support, the movement, the miles, and the acts of kindness are all about what you are going to hear on this episode of On a Mother Level. I'm talking to Joy Van Lanshoot about how her business, Live Now Designs, helped to start Molly's movement, and that effort is still alive and growing today. It comes as people here in the Quad Cities are facing another missing persons investigation. This one involving 10-year-old Briasia Terrell. The search has moved from Davenport north to Clinton County with no sign of Briasia and only a person of interest named by police in the case. He is the father of Briasia's half-brother, a man named Henry Dinkins. So that's the update as of this recording time. It's Friday, July 18th. But this conversation today is about never knowing where the next day, the next year will take you. But when you see that someone needs help and you might be able to do something small at a time when you feel helpless, maybe the right answer is just to say yes and see where it takes you. And that's exactly what Joy did. And so she's talking about that today here on On A Mother Level. So here's Joy. Joining me now on the podcast is Joy Van Landschut, and she is the co-owner along with her husband of Live Now Designs, and you guys are based in Brooklyn, Iowa. Is that right? That's right. Okay. Tell me a little bit about Brooklyn um, as a community. I mean, it's a pretty small town. How would you Brooklyn describe is, it?
2: Yeah. Brooklyn is very small. We're about 1,500 people. Um, I grew up in Brooklyn. I've been around Brooklyn my whole life. Um, A very caring community there's you know anybody's daughter and everybody's son is like your own like you everybody looks out for each other you know everybody's got each other's back um it's just nice it's just you're used to knowing people when you walk down the street you're used to waving at everybody you know like it's just um small town good people I guess yeah so a very cool place to be raising your own family now yeah, yeah, it's a very nice place. Yeah.
1: So you were um you were telling me that you have a pretty big family of your own. Tell me a little bit about um your family and your kids.
2: I do. I have five kids and on top of that we have three dogs, two cats, a bearded dragon and a hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> a bearded dragon, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. And then of course the other boy wants another boy wants a bearded dragon, so we'll probably end up with a million lizards. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. When we got him, he was about the size of the palm of his hand. My 13 year old, and now he's probably spreads all the way across his arm to his elbow. So oh my he's, gosh, <laughs> he's a big guy. Yeah. Do <laughs> you? I mean, that's the kind of animal that's like mostly in a tank for the most part or does he like hang Uh around? you would hope so, right? <laughs> um but he likes to surprise me and carry him on his shoulder or something like that, you know. Oh. Or I'll catch um I'll catch my son drawing and right next to him will be like the lizard just hanging out by the paper. Like you'll <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you'll find him different places in the home. So you never know. He's supposed to be oh. in the tank. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so it's probably been a very interesting time um with the quarantine and lockdowns and all these animals and all these children and you're running oh a my business. Gosh. And, I mean, yes. looking back, how do
2: you feel like it's gone for you guys? Oh. I'm um, very glad I got a trampoline from Amazon right away. <laughs> oh, good call. Um. I was thankful we have a pool. (laughs) Like, just keeping the kids busy close to home. I think they were a little stir-crazy not being able to see friends as much. So we're kind of breaking free a little to see friends here and there or have, you know, little moments together with them. But um, just a little stir-crazy. I moved a lot of my office, like, to my basement where my kids are all the time. And (laughs) um, on the other hand, you kind of feel like some of it is a blessing in disguise. Like, you start to change your life where you realize you're not going to change back. Like, you know, I, yeah. I think I'm going to hold on to some of those changes. You know, like what's, being the, what's some to of those home. changes? Do you think? I would say working from home a lot more and um, just feeling more present in their lives. You know, like. Um, I'm probably more present than they've ever been used to, so they're pre- it's yeah. probably too much. But <laughs> <laughs> um, finding a little balance there. And um, I don't know, just trying to find activities that we together at home can do. I'm, I'm used yeah. to school and friends and activities always taking up their life where I don't really have to fill that void. And it's kind of nice. Filling it a little, you know, starting to learn how do we do things together? What do we need to do together that we haven't been doing, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I do think that's one of those weird silver linings that's come out of this. I mean, my kids are a lot younger than yours, but um, I I saw my um, my littlest, my one-year-old walk, which I would not have been home to see him really oh, wow. take his first steps. I wouldn't, you know, it's like you eventually would see it. Um, right. You know, I've gotten to hear all of his first words probably for the first time. You know, those are things I didn't wow. get to have with my with my older one, my Abram. So, yeah, it it, it is cool to be to be home a lot more. I'm curious. Right. You know, I know what it's like being in Davenport during um during this pandemic, but I'm wondering if it was if you felt safer being in a small town, fewer people, less
2: crowded activity type stuff? Did it hit you guys differently than it did here? I feel like it did a little. Like, I typically would be driving 20 miles to a grocery store to a little bit bigger town. Um, I would typically be going to Walmart and a grocery store there and stuff. I brought a lot of my business just to our small town. Um, They handled it really well. We weren't running out of having shortages of things as much as other places, it seemed, because, um, people were very friendly. Like, I I think people took what they needed. Um, we kind of knew it would be there, you know, you might yeah. even have somebody on Facebook say, Hey, there's some toilet paper at Casey's right now. Like, you know, and then you go and you buy like one big roll and just realize you leave the rest for other people. So I think it is a little different. Um, yeah. and maybe a little less fear. I don't know if you should have less fear or not. You know, I'm not sure how you should handle that, but, um, it does feel a little different in a small town, but it was still very dead for a while. Like, just yeah. didn't see people parked on the street, just didn't. A lot of that where everything feels vacant still happened for a while. And, you know, even with our business where we didn't have customers coming in and out, we were just taking emails and phone calls and stuff. So mm-hmm. we were still affected a lot of the same ways um, as other towns just maybe we bunkered down a little more like i live in the country so that's easier you know right but you probably felt even more isolated in some
1: in some respects in good and bad yeah. ways
2: yeah yeah and it it probably affects people differently depending how social they are you know like if you're not always like a social butterfly it probably doesn't bother you as much but the kids i i do notice a difference with them you know it is more stressful for kids when mm-hmm. they're used to being you know like for instance t-ball was canceled like I don't know how to oh, like, yeah. explain that to a five-year-old you know he didn't have his last days of preschool I don't know how to explain that like um, yeah way different different way of life I yeah guess I mean. would you say that
1: things are getting more normal right now or not so much because you would be really ramping up getting back to school type stuff. I don't know.
2: I guess where do you
1: think you're at now?
2: Um, sort of an in-between. Like I I notice people obviously being careful, some wearing masks, some not wearing masks. Um, I'm kind of sick of seeing all the debates uh, over all of it. Um,
1: all of I'm it. Hoping, all
2: of it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of just hoping more positivity and kindness can kind of start to flood our Facebooks and you know our social medias um but yeah I as far as people's reactions a little of both I see people coming out a little more but it's mm-hmm. not it's still not the same like I don't I don't think it's the same for any of us we have to stop and think about everything about kids starting yeah. to do sports again and um what school's going to be like and you know I have one kid with asthma so I worry about her. It's just, yeah, it's. I, I feel like it's not going to, hopefully there is a new normal at some point, but I feel like we're all trying to find it and it's not quite, like we don't know when it's going to be a new mm-hmm. normal, if that makes sense. Sort of like we're yeah. all transitioning and not to a point where we know what is really going to happen.
1: And I think it's completely normal to feel one way about it one day. And then the next day, feel completely different about it. I find myself feeling very like, all right, we've got to take this seriously. We've got to – and then the next day, I'll be like, come on, this is all – you know, it's like you can swing on both sides of the spectrum in the same way.
2: Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so, too. And probably depending who you're talking to. Oh, Yeah. 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 And how much time I you agree. spent
1: on Facebook that day.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how much news you've been watching. You know, I, really? at first I was watching it, like, religiously, and then I'm like, I have to shut this off and just kind of live our lives because I, I can't get caught up in all that. I completely agree, and the news is my job, and I completely agree with
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's okay. Well, I wanted to talk to you because um, – this week marks two years since Molly mm-hmm. Tibbetts disappeared, and um, you know that story really impacted people in Iowa, as it did nationwide, but really close to home mm-hmm. and for you because Molly was from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and um, and so I guess I want to I want to start from the beginning because now two years later you are. Um, uh, a huge part of this, this movement called Molly's Movement. And so I want to start, mm-hmm. I really want to take people through, you know, the evolution of, of what you're doing now, how it started, and, okay. you know, how it's, how it's grown over these past two years. So I guess first and foremost, tell me, um, tell me like, what your first memories are of finding out that Molly was missing.
2: Okay. Um, well, I do remember, um, I feel like, I feel like I may have found out briefly on social media first or something, you know, just like anybody yeah. else, like, oh, there's a girl from, and I, I, that time I think I had in my head, there's a girl from Grinnell missing, or, you know, like I wasn't, nothing was ringing a bell quite, and then, um, very shortly after I it may have been the very next day that they started the search or the day after. Um, no, I bet it was a couple of days. I bet it was like the Monday that they started the search. And um, one of my employees was a friend of Molly's. And she said, I can't come into work today. I'm going to go help search for Molly. Um, and I was like, yes, of course. You know, that's mm-hmm. fine. Um I did have to work, so I remember going to the fire station that day because I felt guilty for I felt guilty for not being in the search because the community was so amazing. So many people went out to help; like it was just the fire station was full. I mean, and I'm sure there's probably people already out searching when I went in. And I just said, you know, could we bring water or anything? Like is there something we could do? And they're like, Oh no, all these other places covered <laughs> covered all of this, covered the water, covered the food. I mean, people jumped in so fast and so amazingly. Um I would I'm just proud to be a part of this community. Like I'm yeah. just amazed. Like to think like right away you kinda go to what if that was my daughter and thank God there's you know, you fill this blanket of love around you and these people that are jumping in and helping and um I was just amazed, but at one point during that weekend um that she had gone missing, um someone that was a friend of Molly reached out and they wanted to do just a few shirts to wear at like Bry to get the message out that Molly was missing okay um we had never done missing shirts or really probably even never looked into them or even unfortunately I probably never even put two thoughts to missing people you know I should have but a lot of people don't until it happens to them right and um, I said let me let me okay it with um, her family and I spoke to um, that weekend I spoke to Jake her brother and Morgan, her cousin, and they came into the studio, and we designed a shirt together to help find Molly um They were like, they'll probably be you know a little bit more ordered if we can show these online make- maybe a couple hundred or something like that, you know and yeah, so uh we decided we'd do that um we were also handing out free flyers and stuff. We wanted a place in Brooklyn for them to go for free flyers. There was places in Grinnell doing it I mean so many businesses all over the community were chipping in i would list them but i feel like i'd miss some but i just want to say like brooklyn grinnell all around montezuma people individually and and the community the businesses everybody was amazing and your community starts to go from like your small town to your county to your state to the nation you start to feel like community isn't just your small town anymore it's just Everybody that chips in feels like part of your community, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so we created those shirts, um, started printing flyers, and people sort of started asking for more. Like, can we have magnets? Can we have stickers for the semis? Can we have, you know, like, you know, my sticker's not big enough. I need a big one for my semi. I want a four-foot sticker, you know. And wow, And it yeah. was amazing. Um, it just kept spreading really and I think social media really helps that because people would take pictures of themselves putting the flyers places or thank companies for putting them up or they would donate a sticker for somebody else to put on their vehicle. Like it just spreads so fast and so wide. Um it yeah, it was amazing to see um that was just a relief that people were taking notice of Molly. Yeah.
1: Well, so I mean, to back up a little bit, you know, you you live in a small town. I mean, you don't really think about people going missing or anything bad happening to people, especially in rural, you know, areas of Iowa. And so, Absolutely. and Molly is a an attractive, vibrant, um, you know, college age young woman. And so, I'm just wondering, you know, obviously people this, you know, need to go out and search and, and help in whatever way that they could, I'm wondering, like, what the what the fear was like at the same time. Was there a lot of uncertainty about, like, wait, how is this happening? Where could she be? And what is really going on in our
2: community? There was so much uncertainty. Um, we're not, being in a small community like that, I in my whole life here, I've never dealt with anything directly like that previously and um it was it was scary people knew to check their own properties to check abandoned properties uh we didn't know if she you know she could have fell or have an asthma attack while she was running you know we didn't know anything did somebody take her um we also like you had to have the fear of like, is there still somebody out there? You know, is mm-hmm. you didn't do the same things with your kids? Like you really? stopped having them walk to the park two blocks away. Like you, I can't speak for everybody, obviously, um, but I, I kept my kids close in sight, not knowing, and and still do, still change things. You know, still pay attention and. Um be aware of our surroundings and warn kids what to do in different situations if a vehicle pulls up to them or anything. But when you start to realize you know at her age, she just up and disappeared. That's not a child mm-hmm. you know that that could happen to anybody, anybody that went out for a run so it it did change things um. Personally and probably for people I can't speak for other people but probably for other people in the community and especially during that time of the search Other than I would say we were all of a sudden a highly populated town. (laughs) Oh, yeah every national news channel there and um, Volunteers coming out of the woodwork. So it's not that any of us were Not around people all the time anyways, Um, right? So that's a little different, like maybe nothing's going to happen when you're under the spotlight, but um you know quiet nights or something you worry you know what happened, what could happen right, for sure, right. Mm-hmm. And I remember
1: in the early days of reporting on what was going on, there was even some discrepancy about well, had she come back from the run? was she still out running there was th- There was some confusion about when she was actually last seen and what her last activities were for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so some of that added to the confusion. And, um, and I guess I should back up one more step. So, okay. so explain Live Now Designs, because so you guys are doing the shirts, you guys are doing stickers for people, because that's, that's, um, that's your whole business.
2: Uh, well, not our whole business. Right. Like our business yeah, a big is... A portion of it, yeah. Right, right. We are, um, we do screen print and embroidery um, and promotional goods. And at that time, we had the correct products for them to help in awareness of her missing. Um, right. and, and it's the first time probably, I mean, I've seen things before, but it's the first time I was involved in bringing awareness to a missing person with promotional products. And yeah. I saw an impact. I saw it, you know, at work. I saw, a, I mean, but obviously, that was our part of our portion of the effort. The mm-hmm. the FBI, the DCI, the police, our sheriff, were all amazing, and mm-hmm. um, it, the community was all amazing. It it was a group effort. It becomes sure. like a complete group effort. But yeah, that's what that's what we do. Here, that's what we were doing at that time for her, mm-hmm. for her family. Um, and that's how we're tied into it, I guess. That's how our okay. business is tied into or started with. Yeah. Um, yeah. So
1: when did this, like, small campaign suddenly then turn into Molly's movement? How did that evolve? Was that <laughs> before um, she had been found or in the process of or after?
2: right um while we were spending i mean there was times we even spent like 19 hours volunteering and wow when when we had um volunteers coming in and they would work their full-time job and then come in and work the evening with us making you know fulfilling orders of yard signs and um stickers and t-shirts, everything, packaging, um, making butt- buttons, I mean, just um, cutting flyers into smaller sizes, just just amazing. But um, one day I, anytime I turned around and was like, oh, I should probably, or somebody reminded you, you should probably eat something or drink something. Um, they would always, somebody would always, I'll go get, you know, here, I brought food from here, I brought this. And I, I said this one day, I said, I just need to walk out like (laughs) I need to walk up to Casey's myself like I don't want anybody to go get me a drink I I need to like I need to leave this place for 10 minutes I need a break from this you know because there's an emotional strain that goes on with all of it too you kind of forget about the physical end of what your body can and can't do but the emotional attachment to it is definitely there like um Rob Molly's dad would come in and give me hugs like, and keep me going, you know, and yeah. um, Laura would show up and donate Gatorade. Like, I mean, like, th- these are just amazing people. Like, her parents are just amazing people. And so I took and this And all the while it, they're
1: looking for their daughter and they're worried about making sure that you have something to oh, drink. Oh, there there is wow. the type of
2: people worried about other people. Like, yeah. and that's the same same molly would have been is yeah not putting herself first not worried about herself worried about other people they are absolutely those people um they still are to this day they i mean they just are they just that's who they are you can't change that with anything that happens to them they're just good people and so that day i decided to take a little walk and one of my volunteers and one of my friends decided to walk with me and we were just chatting and and we we're talking about the good that we feel coming to, you. you know through this terrible thing, the good that we feel from all these people and what was happening, and she said it's almost like a movement, and hmm. she said it's like molly's movement and her she when she said it, I was so tired, I probably was like <laughs> whatever you know, <laughs> but she <laughs> gasped for air she went it's like Molly's movement, and she gasped and she started to like cry a little and i thought wow if this is like that impactful on her right the second that she says it maybe you know this is something you know and yeah and when we started to think about how it relates to um matthew seventeen twenty, um because um i a lot of people were associating that with um with molly and with all of this and i don't want to be wrong saying it was one of her favorite verses or anything. I know that she did um oh, what's the song? She did love the song one of the songs about um it's one of the mountain songs. Help me out. Oh gosh. Well, I just googled real quick Drive Matthew 17:20. Um, yeah, so Matthew 17:20. Yeah. Um she so we kind of felt like This is all like that. Like a mustard seed of faith Mm -hmm. is, you know, spreading and growing into something bigger. Like that's all you need is a mustard seed of faith. And we just all felt like we were all those little seeds spread all over and that it was growing into something beautiful and spreading. And that's kind of what, if anybody looks up the logo, Molly's Movement, it's um, a watercolor painting of a tree and the seeds below and the tree is teal. Oh, I only I yeah. color, And that's what it's representing, really, is, like, the roots are sort of – it's it's the movement. It's all spreading. Um, seeds below are just – all of us – you know, everybody feels kind of helpless at that moment. But if everybody does just a little something, it adds up and it just, you know, it just spreads. So it doesn't take yeah. one person. It can't take one person. Like, it can't take one business or one person or one family. It has to take like so many and then I just feel like then it becomes a movement and so at that point, um, the family had we had started one Facebook, I think the family had another Facebook and we kind of, um, combined in those efforts and changed it to Molly's movement, um, and started people started sharing that they were sharing her they were sharing her on social media. They were sharing um flyers, where they put the flyers, um you know, where they saw a truck. Somebody saw a flyer somewhere. They'd take a picture, you know, they'd think of business. Yeah. they um it it was pretty like astonishing. Yeah.
1: And the Molly's movement w- was built around this idea of kindness, paying it forward. Um how did that part of it develop?
2: Um, I mean, it, when she was missing and around there, I would say it was mostly built on the the social media and the I, it was more the Sharon prayer. Um, mm-hmm. and then um once once she was found, um a couple gals here in Iowa started um. Paying kindness forward with random acts of kindness and stuff. Um, and that really, well, it just, there was so many people that wanted to pay kindness forward because to remember Molly. So it, yeah. it wasn't hard for that to start. But, um, yeah, that just sort of, and people started running. People started running miles from Molly. Mm-hmm. Um So we kind of just combined all those efforts into Molly's movement and, you know, the miles from Molly and um, Jake and I sat down and talked, you know, what is Molly's movement? What all does, you know, it contain? And it really contains like three things. And it it contains um, paying kindness forward, so random acts of kindness um, to show what, molly would have done you know um Mm -hmm. laura tells this beautiful story about at one point she came across a homeless woman in iowa city laura molly's mom and i'm not sure if she went to give her a kindness card or say something to her i'm pretty sure she had a kindness card with her because the woman said oh i knew molly she would stop and do this or that for me or talk to me and it's, like, that, like, hits right at home. Like, that's what Molly would want. That's what Molly did for people and not mm-hmm. expecting any recognition for it, you know. And um, so there's the paying kindness forward. Um, there's the finding others for the missing. And then there's the miles for Molly. And so yeah. on Facebook, we have one group that's the miles and the kindness where people can post their miles and the random acts of kindness or, you know, any nice note on there. Um, And then the finding others, we have a page where um, we post missing um, and we try to put more awareness out there for people. Okay. Um, So I guess take me back
1: then to the day that it became official that Molly had been found. And it was not the ending anybody wanted, and it more details came out, the more horrific the story got. Tell me um, what you remember about that.
2: Um, And, I mean, that memory will be just my personal memory because I won't have, obviously. Yeah. Um, So I remember that day. um, So we have a lot of, uh, our business has a lot of customers in Minnesota, actually, a lot of contract companies in Minnesota. And at the same time, we were doing, these efforts for Molly, we were needing to complete jobs for <laughs> our, yeah. our original customers. So um, we were getting a little behind on schedule. So you know, we had to make some trips back and forth sometimes. And I that day said um, said I would make the trip to Minnesota. I didn't didn't want to be around, and I don't know. I just wanted to make a trip, you know, and get away. And so I kind of um i knew the news conference was coming up and i think i listened to it on on the radio or something on like on the drive like i i think i knew when i left and people were asking me are you sure you want to go but i didn't want to be around the news media and i yeah. didn't i didn't want to say anything that wouldn't be respectful to Molly and her family it was their time to grieve i didn't want to be around it and um so i just remember trying to be distant from it and yeah. but still take it in just a little you know like a little like sometimes something so dramatic you have to take it in like a little bit at a time if yeah that makes sense like so yeah. you don't take it all in at once um and i also remember i don't think it would have been that exact day but right before the memorial Um, I'm not always great at my voicemail (laughs) Mm. (laughs) on my cell phone. And and I hadn't listened to my voicemail for a little while, and I went on to listen to, you know, the junk voicemails and stuff. And I came across one right before the memorial, and it would have been right when Rob, her dad, had came back. And he left me a message and said, we're at the airport, we just got back, and I just want to check in and make sure you're okay. And oh, wow. I hung up the phone, and I just thought, like, how does somebody, after everything they've been through, that's still to show you what kind of people Rob and Laura both are, and the kids, and Casey, Rob's wife, is they care first about, is everybody else okay? like, Right. And it just hit me, like, wow, you know, and it's just. Yeah. I think that's why you <laughs> take it in a little bit at a time is just Yeah. Um it's like you hurt for not just for Molly, but you definitely hurt for like her amazing family here. Like she has cousins and aunts and uncles around and everybody is so great. Like right. you know, her grandma has passed since but her grandmother even I mean, just really good people yeah i um I remember when when we
1: you know had to report the news that she had um, police said that she had been followed by someone and that someone had attacked her and killed her and left her there in that cornfield, and um you know, I just thought about all the times that I've been out on a run, and you just don't think twice about it. You go on a right. walk you. You know, and you just leave the house with your cell phone and that's it. And you don't, you just don't think about it. And I remember it, was, it must have been the next day or the, the day after that I was like, this is not, you can still run in this world. You can still go outside mm-hmm. and go to the park and run. And I went to um, this park nearby house and the whole time I looked, looked behind me,
2: probably wow. Yeah.
1: Hundreds of times. And I thought, oh, my gosh, no, I can't. I can't. You know, it's like I, it's like I went out to prove like, no, it's still fine. And I, and Mm -hmm. I, it it was such a horrible, horrible feeling of like, wow, like, you know, maybe, maybe I can't. And then it was not too long after that, that someone around here organized a Miles for Molly event. And, um, so about, it was like a hundred people, maybe more, came out that day and, you know, we just ran a stretch of the bike path and I pushed um, my Abram in a stroller and there was a huge poster board, um, you know, that said Miles for Molly and everyone was supposed to sign their names. And, uh, and it's, it's just weird because I really wanted our names to be on that poster, you know? I wanted like Denise and Abe to be written on that poster and I I don't know why I just I just thought like I needed I needed to be someone who was here you know it was it was yeah. and I feel like it's, a lot of people felt that way like I just need to I just needed to have been here because I you know I it felt like a very Iowa thing I don't know it just felt like it just mm-hmm. something just really drew me in on that and you know we ran our miles for Molly and
2: and yeah it just just yeah, felt like the think, very smallest so, thing we could do, right? I think so many people felt that way initially and still do, and even when they do, we do an annual run for Molly in Brooklyn, and everybody's welcome to come. Of course, yeah. Um it's always in September, and um, we run on a blacktop, and we say that we're finishing the run for Molly, like, yeah. um, you know. And I, there's just people beyond I mean Molly's family runs miles for her every month too and turns those in um to the group page but there's so many people even across the world that are running for her and it's yeah it's so heartwarming um flags for fallen um a man from flags from fallen had contacted me they've they um they run for Different causes, um, maybe there was um, a service member that was fallen, or maybe um, a missing child that was found not the way they wanted, or mm-hmm. you know just several different different things where somebody lost their life too young, you know yeah. and um they'll run miles, and what they do is um, people turn in their miles, they write it on the American flag how many miles and from where, and they list them all out, and then somebody runs an entire run with the flag. And then they donate it to the families. And um, they've donated two flags um, to Molly's family. I actually still have one here. I need to get to them. But um, one, no, three. I think three flags. Because the first run they ran with two, her cousin um, and another um, cross-country runner from BGM which would be a friend of Molly's, ran with the flags. They ran the entire race with the flags.
0: Wow. So,
2: I mean, there's it's amazing how far, like, the reach for that is, that people feel like they want to do something, um, like you said, kind of to show they were there, to show they care and they don't stop caring. You know, like, right. it, it continues, and, yeah, that's very heartwarming.
1: Um, The other thing that I think is interesting about the evolution of Molly's movement is that along the way you've gotten more involved in the missing people effort and you've learned a lot along the way about missing people and who does and who does not get attention. And and
2: yeah, when you were telling me about that, that was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's just right away with, Molly missing you had I mean there was news articles there was there was news news articles where somebody felt like their family member wasn't getting the attention Molly was and there was people angry too you know why is this why are some missing people not getting the attention and it's nobody had that answer you know um her her family themselves said we don't know we don't know why Molly's getting the attention other than our communities pulling together you know like but we don't have the answer to why can't this happen for everybody, you know? And so we had already, it just seems like a waste when you have like 70,000 followers on something to let go of that and not do something good with it, right? So we felt like we could help others. And I actually had talked to Jake about it right before Molly was found. What do you think about starting to think about like um the truck stickers for other people you know what about some of these other families that are going through this and he was totally for it you know he knew molly would want to help other people wherever molly was and um we were about to launch something on the stickers like literally right before she was found, and then I, you know, I just kind of like held off. Like I just didn't even know what to do. Once Molly right. was found, like I right. just hit the pause button. Um, but moving forward, we kind of knew that our lives were changed. That um, ever everybody's lives were changed. Where awareness is there, and should I hope that people will start to, and I think they are starting to, have awareness before it happens to them. Because when it happens to them, it's hard for them to know what to do. And yeah. um, where to turn. And and obviously the very first place to turn is the police. Always the police. Um, and to listen to what they have to say. But there's some wonderful, like, missing organizations out there. And I've communicated with a lot of them i work with some of them um it's just a need that's out there you know is and paying attention to there's adults that go missing it's not just children i mean Mm -hmm. i'm so thankful that people look for children and post things as they do because the children obviously need found our you know i always say bring our babies home but sometimes adults Adults of all ages go missing for different reasons. And sometimes adults don't get the attention they need because we know an adult could just wander off their own, like do what they want to do, leave their life if they want to leave their life. But what you watch for is, is this out of character? Like, would a single mom just walk away from her kids? Would um, a guy go to work and never come home from work? Like, if this becomes out of character... And something feels wrong. Something's probably wrong. And, right. and if if you do put their face all over, they're missing, and they don't want found, they can tell the police. You know, I, I don't want found right now. And it turns it off. Nobody care. You know, once they're found, nobody needs the details. Nobody cares why mm-hmm. or what happened. If it's a runaway child, it doesn't matter. Once they come home, they're home. You know, all we care is that they're safe. And um, it. I see a lot of times, like, it is harder for males. You know, in Iowa, a higher percentage of male men go missing than women. Hmm. And um, it is harder for their families to get the same attention. You know, like, I find myself frustrated. Why isn't the FBI involved? Why isn't this, you know, why aren't people, you know, doing this or that? Um, So I would just say, like, people paying attention to every missing person because that could be, that could have been your child, your brother, your parent. Like, that could be, there's somebody out there going through it as if it were yourself going through yeah. it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. And so that sort of now expanded into something you guys are calling the pizza box mission. Can you
2: explain that? Um. Well, yeah. Molly's movement, Molly's movement finding others is, mm-hmm. you know, what it is. And then... Um, we do different things in efforts to just try to get the awareness out there. My biggest thing was trying to replace, you know, it used to be you found um, pictures like Johnny Gosh was on the milk cartons, right? Right. And you don't see that anymore. We have those plastic milk cartons and you don't see missing pictures on them anymore. Well, then where, you know, other than social media, where where do all the missing flyers go? Like how do we get those out there? And so um, I was thinking about it, and um, right inside a pizza box, there's no branding. There's nothing. People are bringing it home, and they're absolutely looking at inside that pizza box because they're opening it to get to their pizza, right? And right. what is in every town everywhere almost is a pizza joint. So um, very likely it would be easy to find in any area somebody goes missing a pizza place that would be willing to put free stickers that are flyers of a missing person that went missing locally inside their pizza box. Yeah. Um so that's kind of the pizza box mission is um we started it with um when Angela Armstrong from South Dakota went missing. Um and people can pay forward the pizza box stickers. They can buy 25 and when we get so many um we have somebody um, a missing flyer printed and on a sticker, and we have it sent to a pizza place from, like, locally. There's no cost to the pizza place. There's no cost to the okay. family. Um, and then we use some of our proceeds, too, from, like, shirt sales and stuff um, to help with that, too. So we kind of just build that up until we have somewhere we can send those to and stuff. Um, and that's kind of the idea on the pizza box mission. I think if we can start getting, like, Pizza places around the nation that are willing to help out, um, people are willing to pay forward or want to help do something, I think the Pizza Box mission's really good, a really yeah. good thing. Mm-hmm. And that's something that can, it seems like it can activate fairly quickly. Yeah, really it can. I mean, you have to have people's participation. Right. Um, so you have to be either selling the products to help the first seeds go towards it or selling like they can buy right towards the pizza box mission mm-hmm. um but yeah it it's something that can really help get something out in a community, and it could be like right now, I'm looking at helping in a case um of a boy that's been missing, I think for seven years from oh my gosh, like the Des Moines area, so I mean it doesn't have to be somebody that just went missing because okay. when somebody's missing, I mean every day for that family is hell you know and i it doesn't change after seven years it probably gets harder i mean it i shouldn't say harder it's probably just the same and um so missing cases we need to pay attention to if it's been a day or if it's been 10 years because with no answers that family they just they're just missing. There's not an right. answer. You know, they don't know whether to grieve or to hold hope. They don't know. And mm-hmm. it, it's devastating, really. Yeah.
1: Well, right now in the Quad Cities area, we are talking a lot about a missing 10-year-old girl. It's been officially a week since 10-year-old Breasia Terrell was last seen. And um, there are major searches going on in the Quad Cities area. Mm-hmm. And... um uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of where I was going with that. Um, but but that's certainly very top of mind, and, and it's been a week right now. And, um, and oh, that's what I was going to say. So any time a press conference alert comes out and we're trying to figure out how to coordinate our crews, I caught myself the other day saying, oh, my gosh, I hope they found her. And then I thought, wait, no, that's we don't necessarily want that either, unless she's found oh, safe yeah. and alive, of course. But I was like, I said to my boss, I said, I don't, I don't know what it is that yeah. I want because I don't, I do not want to watch the press conference of police giving bad news on this situation. Um, mm-hmm. But then again, I mean, maybe two years later, when you look at Molly's situation,
2: I'm, I'm glad that her family knows where she is. Absolutely, I, with my experience with missing families, it's much the same where and some of them you know they think they know the outcome but they still just want the answers they still just mm-hmm. want to bring home their brother bring home their son and um and much of them reach a point that is sad but true where they they might think they know what the outcome is but they still want answers from somebody yeah. like and so it it seems that no matter what the outcome be because that's out of our control that knowing and knowing faster is ultimately better than spending years not knowing where somebody is um because whatever the outcome we can't change that and right it's like it's a really hard thing to accept that's like the hardest thing to accept if you're helping anybody's assisting in finding a missing person, whether they searched, they shared flyers, or what we do, that's almost, that's got to be the most difficult thing to accept is that we really ultimately have no control in the outcome, but we do have control in showing that we care and that yeah. we're there and that we're making it aware. And the news media, I mean, what you guys do reporting it and keeping it out there is so so important like I can't even emphasize how important it is because I mean that's awareness is sharing prayer is like all we can do you know right and ultimately whatever outcome people have they know that we were all there for them like yeah and and you hold out hope because there is there's miracles I mean uh look at the gal from Minnesota I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just there's when you hear things or the little kids that go missing in the woods for three days or a week and show up, like, how does that happen? You know, it's just there are and you think, thank God, thank God. Everybody kept looking and everybody didn't give up because what if they are out there just needing us like just, you know, however long it's been? What if they are needing us to find them? Um, so yeah, I, I think we feel that way. Like we don't want to hear the bad news, even if it's not our news to hear, you know, like if it's the families, but I think that dealing with those families, um, they just need, they need answers no matter what. And lots of them at any point are ready to accept whatever they have to accept because it's what is, you know, but There's also miracles, you know, there's absolutely miracles that happen. I mean, I pray she's out there and
1: Mm -hmm.
2: everybody can see her (laughs) smile when she's found. I mean, I just, you know, I always think, I've been thinking about her a lot, like all week. Um, We have her flyer, too, on our website. Um, If people go to livenowdesigns.com slash movement There's a couple things they can scroll around, learn about Molly's Movement and stuff, Um, see some of the merchandise, the pizza boxes, the box mission, the um, child ID kits, and then there's a link for flyers, and we don't, I mean, we don't have a ton of flyers on there, but we have about 12 at all times that people can click through them, and they can click on them and download or print them for free, and um, FreeAsia is on there, so they can go there. Yeah, i right now. Yep, the flyer was made by the Missing and Endangered um, Aaron Arns- Armstrong's group. Okay, cool.
1: Um, so today is the 17th of July. Um, the mm-hmm. official two-year anniversary date, I hate that word, anniversary, um, is right. tomorrow, the 18th. And so I'm wondering, when you look back to two years ago, you know, before Molly disappeared, before you knew anything of this was going to happen, I mean, what do you think about just the idea that now, you know, your, your work has gone in a little bit of a different direction? Um, you know, you're just this whole new thing came that you could not have imagined two years ago on this day.
2: So how's the exact question? <laughs> like, yeah, where do I, yeah, where do blah, I see blah, myself now? <laughs>
1: well, just when you look back to two years ago, you know, you couldn't have imagined that that, that any of your work Absol- would take this turn or Absolutely you know, not. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, just gotta be weird to think about how how things have changed in the past two years.
2: Yeah. It is completely which I think our lives take those journeys where you know you i know my 5 year plan or my 10 year plan and i know where i'm going to be and i know what everything's going to and then you don't like you change your life and i never ever would have expected um where i am now with like Molly's movement um to see it's heartwarming to see how much people care like to yeah. see the kindness that's being paid and by the way we have like probably 10 or 20,000 more kindness cards if anybody wants them for free. So, yeah. (laughs) um, but all those random acts of kindness, to see that and to be involved with the missing and to make connections with the families, I really do, I mean, a lot of these families, we're friends now. I mean, we, and some of them don't have answers. Some of them get answers right away and some don't and they're, faith and their resilience against what terrible thing they are going through and they're caring for other people is just, um, I'm glad that I can witness that in my life, you know, like that yeah. I get that gift, but I never would have, I'm kind of a person that wears their heart on their sleeve, so that's why I felt like I'm about to cry every time during this, but um, so I never would have thought I was a person strong enough to take on some of what I'm taking on. Yeah, but then, you know, how how do you say no when you see the need? Just like if someone else sees something that needs done or a kindness that needs paid, how how do you say no when you really shouldn't? <laughs> so, right, right, right. Yeah, it's totally different than maybe a couple of years ago. I was going to ask you what what people's main takeaway from this should be,
1: and I feel like you've already said it. You know. And what's that? And <laughs> just that yeah, how do you see how do you say no when there's a need around you and that you don't you don't necessarily know like how strong you are to respond to something until you just say yes. Right. Yeah. Well, that's my takeaway anyway, so <laughs> Well, yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um I guess my last question for you is, um, you know, obviously Molly's story is not over because there's going to be a trial potentially in six months, and it sounds like it might be in our area, in the Davenport area, and I'm wondering how, is there any apprehension of bringing all of this stuff up again and having to have the community hear the nitty-gritty and the Details and mm-hmm. to you know because there was there was so much division um, after after the person um, who is charged in this case you know was identified, and that brought up a whole bunch of other issues that we don't need to go into but but you know it, it, some of that stuff is going to surface again, and I wonder how you feel mm-hmm. about about that leading into potentially a January trial
2: um, I think everyone's ready for it sort of be over, like for us to get through that part. And um, I, it doesn't bother me in the fact that I can just tune it out and listen to what I want to listen to. Um, But I worry about her family and what they have to go through and what they'll be going through. Um, You know, I feel like the rest of us we have choices in how much we block out and how much we listen to. We just want justice to happen um, and Molly to be remembered in a positive way, not as a victim. Right. And um, so I my hopes are leading up to that and around that trial that people keep a focus on, on just remembering Molly and who she was and um, spreading her kindness still because – it's just, I, I try to stay away from it, I guess, all of that, because that's, to me, that's not honoring Molly and remembering Molly. I obviously want justice just like anybody else, but I kind of want to keep my distance from it and then um, just surround her family with as much love as our community can give. I, they're the ones I I worry about during all of that, but I, I've seen their strength and their faith and I know they'll make it through it okay, and they'll be worried about other people. <laughs> but, yeah, um, yeah I, I think the sooner it comes, the better, because it just needs over. Like, it just needs – she finally needs her justice and to rest in peace, and um, and we, we all do as a community. You know, we want to move forward and move on and turn the page, like Rob would have said. And I just think um, – yeah, just getting it over and moving on is going to be the best thing. Yeah. Joy, thank you so much for
1: letting me yeah. take an hour of your time. Um <laughs> Thank you. So, uh one more time, people can find you at livenowdesigns.com.
2: And yep, um, and then they can go to they can either click on Molly's movement from there. So that's pretty easy, just go to livenowdesigns.com and click on Molly's movement. Um, or they can go to livenowdesigns.com slash Molly's Movement. It brings you to the okay. same place. And then absolutely on Facebook. If they're on Facebook, they should look for Molly's Movement. And any time you see something with, like, the mountains on the top, you know, those are our pages. There's also a page um, that on the top it has um, keeping Molly's faith, and it's remembering Molly Tibbetts. And we do share information on there, too, and it could be okay. – Um, several things. It could be about Molly. It could be about missing. It could be about kindness. It could be several things, but they can always join right there, too, if they want to on Remembering Molly Tibbetts. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to try to run some miles for Molly
1: tomorrow, and um, I so appreciate uh, your time today, and I really admire the work that you've been doing over these past two years, so thank you again so much.
2: Thank you so much. You have been listening to the WQAD Podcast Network.